Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to episode 44 of the Degenerates Clubhouse. Alrighty then. I had an idea. I was going to try to fit as many... Ace Ventura catchphrases from the 90s into one intro. Oh. And then I realized there's 15 million of them. There's, it's crazy. Like, I forgot how much of <laughs> playground vernacular and jokes in, I guess that was elementary school for us, were just Ace Ventura catchphrases nonstop. There was alrighty then and who her. Like those <laughs> two, I remember just saying it over and over again. Anytime you'd win a little game on the playground, you throw that loser one out. There's so many. There's do not go in there. I used to do the, uh, uh, we did a, like a, a scholarship retreat for like leadership, quote unquote leadership. And um, we were, we, we stayed at a place that had like a, kind of like a mess hall. So it was kind of like a banquet hall type of deal. And I remember like the echo effect in there made it really cool to do the, uh, oh, 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 it was kind Which of one was that from? That's from uh, the second one when he's like, uh, okay. like he's he's like in the whatever like the Buddhist retreat thing and I only saw the second one once. Oh, dude, that one was awesome. They were both great, but all right, Armando. Yes, if I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. Jim <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey is a fabulous actor. I mean, that was that was like his his. Uh, sort of star-making performance, but then he did a lot of good stuff after that. Some dramatic roles as well. He's just good, and his face is made of rubber. I applaud him. Good, yeah, I, I good re- job, Jim Carrey. I rewatched The Mask. That one was a good one. That was a, I think that was a, um, Cameron Diaz's uh, movie debut, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I was like, holy moly, when I rewatched it, how hot she used to be. Now she's kind of, she's still attractive for an el- older gal. Hey, Armando. Hmm. I'm looking for our first segment of the podcast and a clean pair of shorts. <laughs> what? That was that was one of his quotes. He when he went to the like the asylum in the first one, he goes, "Hi, I'm looking for Ray Finkel." Oh, okay. and a clean pair of shorts. <laughs> that was also that was a disturbing moment in that scene of that movie. We found Captain Winky or whatever, <laughs> and she's got like the dick tucked in the, the back of her pants. That was kind of awesome. I think when I first saw that, I did not fully get it. Like, it took me a while. Like, it was probably <laughs> like a couple of weeks later. I'm like, oh, he had a dick. <laughs> I understand what was happening there. And, like, everyone's, like, wiping their mouth with cops. Tone Loke. It was Tone Loke that was in the first one? I think so. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he had a deep, gravelly voice. What's up, Ace? Just to be clear, I presented a segue to our first segment. <laughs> Armando, I'm looking for our first Florida Man segment and a clean pair of shorts. All right. So this week in Florida Man is actually a woman. Florida woman arrested at Circle K for not wearing pants or panties. You know what? Spoiler alert for this whole article. It's, it's almost it's almost not even Florida. It's a Florida girl. She's, yeah. she's 21. And this is a spoiler alert. She is significantly more attractive than you might think. Yeah. The, in fact, it says even the writer writes... She might be crazy, but we got to admit she's kind of hot. And yeah, she's a cute little 21-year-old, I guess. 
The smoking gun reports a 21-year-old Florida woman who was naked from the waist down inside a Circle K told a cop that another deputy told her it was fine to do that, according to the arrest report. And maybe they did. Maybe she's, she's a little fucked up and she's like, um, hi, officer. My pants are just really hot. Is it okay if I can take them <laughs> off? And what would the officer say? Your officer Ramirez. Uh, sure, young lady. Go ahead. Go into the Circle K, bottomless. All right, I'm gonna do that. Meth in my <laughs> teeth. That's Me- how. That's how I think it happened. Uh, responding to a 1:30 a.m. naked woman in public call last Thursday, police found Kendall Mabry Sons pants or underwear inside the convenience store in Umatilla, a city about 45 miles from Orlando. A Circle K clerk and a sheriff's deputy both reported seeing Mabry emerge from the store's bathroom with no pants or underwear on. When asked about her state of undress, Mabry stated that another deputy told her it was fine to do that. We have just uh, played out that scene. I do, You know what? I, I do want to applaud this writer for getting fancy and using French. Sans pants. Sans pants. Uh, Mabry police reported smelled of alcohol and her speech was slurred. Additionally, the smell of marijuana was coming out of her vehicle. Mabry's pants were found inside her car, according to the arrest report. Usually, I don't know. Like, weed doesn't make you do stupid shit like that. Like, she had to have been drunk and alcohol does. Not yeah. weed. at least for me, not weed. Weed, I'm just dumb and can't do anything. And but yeah, alcohol, I'm like, oh, this might be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Seen above, Mabry, who lives five miles from the Circle K, was arrested for disorderly intoxication and booked into the county jail, from which she released after posting $500 bond. Mabry, who has pleaded not guilty to the misdemeanor count, was not charged for going pantsless inside the store, pictured below. Yeah, she's a cutie. She is cute in a, in a Florida man sort of way. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. When Like, if you were to just read the headline, Florida woman arrested, like, just the, the, the headline makes me think it's going to be, like, a big, obese, overweight, kind of crazy, like, maybe missing teeth or something. And You know what? Let me put it this way. Like, she is, like... The hottest waitress at all the truck stops in her county. That's sort of the <laughs> the hottest waitress at all the truck stops in her county. Yeah, that's that's the sort of hot she is. The girls that who serve cocktails at all the bowling alleys in that part of Florida, like she's the finest one. Is it me or like the picture's kind of blurry on my end? But does she have like a nose ring or is that just a bad picture? I think it's a stud. Yeah, it looks like something shiny on her nose, but not quite. Or she had a little, little glistening snot. It's one or the other. Yeah, or maybe it's a tear. <laughs> it's a, well, it is a mugshot. She could be crying or something. I didn't know that wasn't okay to go pantsless. Oh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. At pantsless at the Circle K, and the officer said I could, and now they're taking my picture and my makeup's all ruined. That's That could be what was happening there. It was right when she said my makeup is all ruined. That tear just hit her side of her nose just right. It was glistening. I, you know what's crazy is if this was a dude that went into a Circle K pantsless, you think that they would, I mean, I don't know. I think the penalty would be a little more severe if, if it was a dude. If yeah. If, if you're a girl, you could kind of get away with it. I mean, she got um, a $500 bond and everything. But, like, if it was a dude, I mean, it'd be a deep shit. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's one where you could say there's a double standard, but I think... In this particular case, that might be okay. Yeah. Because when a girl's got her pants off and she's wandering around, she's being drunk and stupid, particularly when it's a, a younger, cute girl. And when guys are 
mentally impaired and they have their their pants down and their dick out. Sometimes they rape people. Yeah. Like true. I don't think anyone was like, "Oh, this little, you know, 5 foot 2, uh 21-year-old is going to sexually assault me." True. So so there's just different stakes involved, you know? You you don't have the, the same sort of of uh peril if you're a a customer at this strange circle K. So I I think I think in this case the double standard's fine. H- have you ever done anything Closely related or similar in the sense where there's nudity involved while being drunk? Uh, we streaked one New Year's, but I feel like that's New Year's. Although it was through Maniunk, Philadelphia, which is a fairly crowded area. Oh, shit. When, how old were you when this happened? 18. Oh, okay. So you were like high school senior or something? High school senior, uh-huh. Got hammered and went streaking. I wasn't even that drunk. That was just one where... All the guys were like, fuck it, we're going to go streaking. And I was like, yeah, you know what? This might as well happen. <laughs> Do you remember, uh, I don't, uh, were you around when, when uh, I was a senior and we did a senior march and it was, it was, this was like right, like the week after we had moved in next door to Connie and Janine. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how hammered I was and what I did there? I do not. We did a senior march and you know, they're egging you, throwing shit on your face and everything. You're all fucking covered in just food and gross shit. And then. After the senior march, we were already we were drinking during and, and after. And I was like, okay, I need a shower. I need to get all this stuff off me. I went to the shower, came out naked with just a like a towel over my wang. And like Connie and Janine were like next door. They're like, oh shit, look, <laughs> welcome to the neighborhood. That was our introduction to Connie and Janine. I remember, okay, okay. Now I remember them talking about that. Yeah. Uh, which we don't need to revisit. I've, I've, it, they had maybe not the kindest things to say. So. <laughs> I don't, don't don't need to to blow you up on the the podcast over that a second time, but no, I just I don't remember. I don't know if I even watched any of the senior marches. I just remember a couple times seeing people come back from the senior marches and just sort of shaking my head, like, okay, yeah, I hope you guys have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, the tradition still. I mean, I think they are still doing it. I remember going once a couple years back. Out of all the silly, stupid shit in pledging, I think the actual march would be the one tradition where I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Good job, Lancers. That like that looks that looks I was gonna say neat. There should be a better word for that. It's it's somewhere between <laughs> neat and badass. My first one was badass. I'm like, no, okay, that's a little too strong. And I was like, neat, okay, that's it's a little too nineteen fifties. <laughs> somewhere in the middle of those two is where that march was. But that's something where, you know, I think I think especially when you see old photos of it. There's a certain uh, uniformity and military aspect that doesn't usually appeal to me, but for whatever reason, that tradition of march, the swing lanterns, the whole thing yeah, looks very cool. Re- it was really swell. <laughs> Gosh, golly, Mondo, that was my that was my Jeeper's favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, let's move on to the next segment. Ask Reddit, where we ask or we look on Reddit for some shit and read the post and whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, wow, that was a stunning yeah. uh, well, description. I, yeah, I think people have listened to us know what Reddit, the Reddit segment's about. So let's just go on to the we, first. We, we delve into the deep and exciting questions of the universe as posed by the Reddit community slash intellectually challenged. Right on. Speaking of universes, ask Reddit question number one. What is the single greatest fantasy or sci-fi universe ever created, in your opinion, Jaffe? Up until about... Five to ten years ago, I think that was an easy answer. It was Middle Earth mm-hmm. via J.R.R. Tolkien. I don't. Do you do you realize how deep he went with all that stuff? 
I so I couldn't get past the Tom Bombadil shit when I try to read it, but the movies were great. I mean, oh, I, oh no, oh no, 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 no. See, see, this is where you're not understanding. Yes, he wrote the books, and there was a lot of world building in the books, but he went so much deeper than just the books. He he wrote so okay. So one, he wrote something called the Silmarillion, which was just like a huge history compendium of everything that had happened like way before. So he knew. Uh, now, like, it wasn't just, oh, he knew Aragorn and Aragorn's backstory. He knew the backstory of Aragorn's father and his great-grandfather and his great Like, he went crazy deep, like, thousands of years back. And then all the languages in Lord of the Rings were actual languages that, that he'd worked out. So, like, Elvish, like, he figured out a language for Elvish. Like, yeah. it was it's a writable, reproducible, speakable language. There are people out there in this world who know how to speak Elvish as invented by J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. And, and like the ultimate flex is uh you know that you know they kind of uh compress that part in the movies, but do you remember the ants? The ants. Oh, those are like the tree. Yeah, the big people? the yeah. big tree people. Uh the 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 fucking the fucking ants had their own language. It's like like what other fantasy uh author has gone in that depth where it's like, yo, bro, what what language do your trees speak? Yeah. <laughs> So, so up until recently, I think that was the clear front runner, but, and I don't, I don't know if this is the direction you're going, the, the one fantasy universe that could rival it now is the MCU. Mar- Marvel? Yeah. Really? There's, there's nothing, or just, just Marvel in general, because it, that's gotten so broad and so deep. I mean, in just the same way that all of Tolkien's characters had all these, these backstories and, and, and uh, huge history. Like Marvel has just been steadily building that. It's like, you know, even small characters in Marvel, if you dig into the comics, you could find out like there are all their side adventures and this, that, and the other. And they've managed to bring all these disparate stories and characters, different tones. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is very, very different than Captain America, and somehow they're all existing in the same space pretty seamlessly, which is incredible. And they've done it, I mean, over the course of more than a decade now and brought it all together on the the big screen, which uh, takes a lot of planning and time and money. And, and, you know, they've they've done it in a way that, like, if you told little... uh, you know, twelve-year-old me who's reading what the hell was I reading at that time? You know, whatever Spider-Man comics that this was all gonna somehow be represented like that on a movie screen. I'd be like, no way, this is crazy. You can't do that. But they did it. So it, it's it's it, for those for me. It's like those are like one and one A. I don't know who's one or one A at this point. I I uh, I have two. One I guess universe that I w- I really enjoyed was the 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 universe in the first uh, Destiny game. Did you ever play that one? I have not. It was very, pretty rich world, um, and uh, they had a lot of NPCs and other characters that were. They just did, had really good voice actors doing the jobs, and like really, when you played the game, you really got attached to certain personalities, and certain characters, and and then you know when something bad would happen, one would die off. You're like, oh shit! You really felt like emotional uh, tugging when something bad happened. Um, Nathan Fillion played a character who was like a robot, robotic cyborg. Uh, you know, like a hunter type of guy. And uh, I'm not sure if it was towards the end of the Destiny 1 or maybe it was part of Destiny 2 where, like, his character got killed off and it was like, holy shit, like, you got, again, you get so attached to certain characters and 
And that was one that was that's kind of bummer. And it had like it was crazy because it had religions in the game and it had like factions and it was really. It, it, so what what sort of game is Destiny? Is it a, a massive multiplayer game or? I, I, so it had it had a single player kind of story mode element, I guess, uh, campaign type of deal. But it had a lot of uh, other like uh, multiplayer uh, facets to the game. It had a lot of like a uh, like there was a mode in the game where you're basically, um, you know, like a a team-based multiplayer, you know, I think it was a third-person shooter, or maybe it was a first-person, I can't remember. But yeah, it has a lot of cool elements in the game. You know, Destiny 1 really, I got I got really, you know, tied to the story and everything, and then, but then when Destiny 2 came out, it kind of gave me a, made me lose my boner for that franchise. The other franchise that I really liked, and uh, maybe you can agree with, is the the Game of Thrones franchise. I guess you could call it the A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's the, there's the main books, you know, he's only released five of the seven of the, a song of ice and fire story, which the game of Thrones show is based off of, but he's also written other books in that same universe. You know, there's a set of, I think three or four kind of shorter stories that kind of revolve around one, one like fictive or one of the, the knights. Um, I think it's a Sir Duncan, the tall, if I'm not mistaken. And there's a lot of references that tie into like the game, the main Game of Thrones uh, movie or book series, and and then there's also another series of books he's coming out with called uh, Blood and Fire, I think it's called, and it's basically like the the history of the the Targaryen family, which the Targaryens are basically the the ancestors, if you will, of uh, da- Daenerys. Was that her name? Daenerys. Yeah, Danny, whatever her damn real name is. But yeah, it's it's really rich. I mean, there's like like a genealogy of the family and the blood and how this person and this person got married and had kids. And then they, mm-hmm. you know, so it was pretty, pretty deep uh, history. Um, I, 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 I'd like to see if I could compare it to the, the Tolkien thing, but I never, I just, I, I don't think I could ever read the Tolkien stuff. In terms of, of just the actual quality of the writing. I mean, I, I do think he was a, a, a better writer than Martin, but it, it's clearly like an older style and it's yeah. a lot denser you know, and if you, if you have any hangups reading uh, Martin, which I feel I find to be a little bit dry sometimes, Tolkien it can just be a slog to get through if you're not used to it. Like yeah. it almost takes your uh, your brain a while to adjust where you're just interpreting it. So I, I I can understand that. I mean, he he was obviously very influenced by by Tolkien. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Um, oh, the whole I mean that whole wave of fantasy writers, and I think everybody to come after it has been. The thing that I liked about Game of Thrones. I don't. I don't know if that's directly uh, a reflection of the the universe. I think. I mean, the, the great thing about Martin is that there were real consequences for actions. You couldn't piss somebody off, at, you know, just to satisfy the plot and then not have repercussions, right? Yeah. Like if you spurned some noble, that was going to come back to bite you if that noble was kind of petty and vindictive. Where. Yeah. In the Lord of the Rings, it was more just like, okay, we did this thing, and okay, we're saved, and we moved on. So I, I think in terms of, of kind of plot and repercussions, I, I I'd like what, what Martin did. He was like, let's make this more gritty and grounded in reality in a way, even mm-hmm. though it's fantasy. But how do, do, you think, do you think that is a reflection of the universe or just the way he uh, kind of orchestrates the plot? I think he was able to... Because it was, I guess it was based loosely off of the uh, the War of, like a real life, war, uh, what is it, War of Roses or something like that? Some, I forget how, uh, I forget what exactly he loosely based it on. So it wasn't like something that he genuinely kind of 
created on his own. Like he had, he had, um, influence from uh, like, like real life events. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, I don't think it was, it's not a testament to how creative he was. It was just like, you know, he used the politics and the, you know, the, I guess you want to call it religions and stuff to help narrate the story. And, uh, well, sure. And, and to be fair, Tolkien did the same thing. He, he pulled on a lot of existing folk tales, you know, uh, from, from European history and culture. And he sort of wove them all together and then added some of his own elements. So I think a lot of story writers, really most story writers are functioning off of that. They're not coming up with everything out of the yeah. blue. It's just a question of how well you, you, you did it. I guess the real question is, is your, is your deal sort of political intrigue and warring families and a couple dragons here or there? <laughs> is it nudity? Uh, nudity. We got to remember nudity. M magical pointy eared elven creatures and, and dwarves or, uh, you know, do you want uh, teleconnecting mutants and um, <laughs> radioactive spiders? So it's, it's, you know, I think it's, it really may be personal to each person and what they like. But those are all great fantasy worlds. Pat on the back to both of us. We're the best. Yep, yep. Uh, some of the answers on Reddit, username Mysterians writes, overall, I think Middle Earth is still the best. Yeah. It might not be the largest, but it still feels the most coherent and fleshed out in an original and compelling way. More so than any other work, Middle Earth genuinely feels like it, it like the rediscovered mythology of a lost civilization and something you study, not merely read. Uh, let's see, what other answers are there? Uh, user Rorikstead Resident writes, the Elder Scrolls universe is vast, complex, and has a lot of potential for expanding further yet. What's, is that, that's a game, right? Elder mm -hmm. I think I played one of those games. Yes, that is Bethsida. If you recall, I believe... The most popular Elder Scrolls game was Skyrim. Oh yeah, I did play that one. You're where right. you were the, the was it the Dragonborn? Something like that. Yeah. And you ha you have to do these these yells that give you a certain power. Like you yell and it. it uh, I can't remember, but the the one the one yell I remember that was the most popular and sort of comical was it was like a yell that would like kind of have this concussive blast that would knock things back, and you'd go fuss roll and you'd. <laughs> Knock the person back, and there was a song with Frustro Dot. I can't remember what it was. It was hilarious. Where like that was that was like the main vocal element, and then they worked a, a beat and were re remixed Frustro Dot into a song. So, sorry, Bessident, that's not even close to, <laughs> to the Lord of the Rings, but Frustro Dot will uh, live in meme history for eternity. So good job for that. Let's see. User Ditsy underscore Fantasyland says maybe Dune at all, or Asimov's Foundation and Empire. That one with all the parallel worlds, I suppose, had literally thousands of entire universes. I like the original Dune, and I know they're supposed to release uh, like a, I guess a, re a redux of Dune. Um, I enjoyed the the original with Sting <laughs> in it. Yeah, that's enough of that. There's a bunch of other ones here. Discworld. Have you ever heard of Discworld? Yeah, it's Terry Pratchett. I don't know who that is. Yeah, that is a fantasy author. It's a little bit more comical. So. Uh, if you think of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm -hmm. and you cross that with uh, J.R. Tolkien, you get Discworld. That's the best way I can describe it. Okay. Well, that was, an, that was an, an answer that was kind of on there a couple times. I just never, I don't, I don't know what that was. Ask Reddit question number two. Dos. You get $1 billion, but you have to lose one part of your body. Your choice. What part will you choose to lose? Wisdom teeth. I need those fuckers out anyways. Thank you. Thank you. I get the dental extraction for free. 
Don't even have to pay for that shit since I don't have dental insurance and I get a billion dollars. I win. And I'm, you know what? I'm just trying to think of uh, if this is sort of like a monkey's paw scenario. Like you lose it and you think you're good and what do you really pay? So I'm going to think about that and I'll let you answer. Uh, mine would be nipples. <laughs> Guys don't need nipples. The fuck? What do we need nipples for? We don't breastfeed. They're just kind of like in my, in my way. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like my nipples. I would lose those and be a billion dollar richer. Wait, do, do we learn? Do you have some sort of body image issue? No, I just, I just. Do you have like pancake nipples? What's why? Why do you hate your nipples are, so much? They are kind of, they are kind of big. Are they like silver dollar pancakes? I wouldn't say silver dollar pancakes. Maybe like quarter. When when God was was sort of creating you, he was also making breakfast at the same time. You just flip one of those silver dollar pancakes and it landed <laughs> on you, and you're like, like, oh fuck, you know what? We're just gonna work that into design. Is that what happened? I think so. Fucking God. God, you know what? It's really irresponsible for him to be making breakfast when he's creating people. You know, <laughs> like you're you're an immortal being uh, that rules over the whole universe. You don't even need to eat breakfast, you fucker. You just like it. You just like breakfast foods, which I understand. That is my favorite sort of food. But come on, God, be a little bit more responsible. Yeah. I mean, and and you people are like, he's God. He's not irresponsible. People, have you been paying attention? Like to everything going on, God is obviously irresponsible. So just just check that. Look at look at what happened this last year. He was <laughs> he was clearly he got a little bit too involved. He was trying to make crepes for breakfast. He couldn't get them right. He was fucking around, and during that, that's when COVID and everything else happened because God couldn't figure out how to make crepes because they're hard. If you've ever tried. The, the French pastry chefs make it look easy. You try to make them on your own, and you're like, holy fuck, how'd they do that? God had the same problem. Bam, we get COVID. You mean little, you mean little thin pancakes? But it's so much... Exactly, that's what you think. But it's so much more complicated. God couldn't get a handle on it. He can create the whole universe in six days, but he can't get crepes right. It's, it's really kind of a tragedy. Son of a bitch. If he was going to make nipples out of strawberries, it'd be cool. Like, are you talking about literal? You want? Do you? Are you saying you want to eat your nipples? No, no. I'm just saying if, like, if it had to be off of a food, I, I don't like the pancake reference. I wanted. I'd rather have like you, strawberry. You want them kind of bulbous and pointy? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. With the little seeds on them. They, Wait. So you do want the nipples to be food? Sure. Why not? So, <laughs> can you do that? Be man. You, so you <laughs> you want to have nipple seeds where like they fall off and like little nipples grow on the ground? Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> this got really strange. I mean, I know I took it that in that direction. Delicious, but holy fuck. delicious, delicious nipples. Some of the answers on Reddit. Uh, username Fractured Psych writes my appendix. I think he said that. That was my first thought, but then I realized I, I don't have appendicitis. But I was like, ah, I might as well take get it taken out. And I was like, no, I actually think I do need my wisdom teeth taken out. So we're gonna we're gonna switch gears. Uh, user kill the goats writes pinky toe common op too easy no you need your pinky toe for balance bad answer yeah that's actually someone someone responded to his answer said yeah you give a balance question mark do do you need the pinky toe for balance Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't know that uh user any villa writes wisdom teeth it's also part of the body bang good job user tiny evil sponges says hair Ha ha, touche. I don't have hair, you fucking assholes. Well, that, that, that doesn't work because you're technically not giving it up. You forfeited the bargain. You, don't get, you do not get a billion dollars. Sucks to be you trying to cheat the system. 
User Inferian writes body fat, bam. Oh, that person's dead now. You need body fat, right? I mean, you, yeah. You, it's, it's like you if, you if you don't have any body fat, you will just die. So that is a problem. That person, that one is an easy monkey's paw scenario. It's like, oh, body fat, I'm smart. No, no, no. You, you don't want your excess body fat, but that's not what you said. You said, boom, no body fat at all. Yeah, you, you would just die. You know what? A lot of people answered with pinky toe. Well, they're stupid. Like a ton of people. I mean, if if anything, if you had to give up uh, a, a smaller appendage, I mean, I, to me it would be the actual pinky. You need that a lot less, especially if it's on your non-dominant hand. But no, pinky toe is, is very important for balance. Hmm. I would have never thought that. You could still walk without it, but yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the way you walk. All right. That was it for Ask Reddit. Lovely, lovely Reddit. Hey, Aaron, have you seen the new show on Netflix? What this this new fictional show that you, <laughs> I'm just about to make up? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Which what's the what's the name of it? Okay, good luck with this one. Jared from Subway, Prison Chef. <laughs> I told you, dude. Uh, this is what you get when when I have to uh, think of one in a high pressure situation. You get Jared from Subway, Prison Chef. Yeah, you. I mean, I've told you, I usually don't watch the documentaries. Um, like, I still haven't seen Tiger King. It, it was unlikely that I would see this, but it was one of those ones that kept coming up in the recommendations. <laughs> where, I, and I like, it really kind of disturbs me. I'm like, Netflix, what have I been watching where you think I want to see this doc on a pedophile in prison? Is it, is it because I watched those, like, three anime shows? Do you, do you think that... Netflix, I mean, I think you're making a lot of assumptions about me. Uh, It's not my fault, Netflix. They had really good stories. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You piece of shit algorithm. This wasn't my idea, but it just kept coming up in the recommendations, and it was late, and I clicked it. I'm like, all right, let's see what old Jared is up for. Do you remember what he actually got convicted for? It was some kind of pedophilia thing, right? Like, Didn't they catch, like, his computer or... Like he had a bunch of videos or something that were all about like pedophilia related. I think that's what he got in trouble for. It, it was. I, I can't. I just can't remember what he actually did. I do remember the the uh, there was a South Park episode that he was in. Yeah. Where where they the kids misinterpreted. He had, he had AIDS that helped him lose the weight. Meaning like uh, you know he had like a personal chef and he had a trainer and he had people to help him and they they thought they, they, he had contracted HIV. Um, so, so the kids, the kids were, were trying to find like some sort of like a heroin junkie that had AIDS so they could get his blood and then give AIDS to people that needed to lose weight. And, uh, that, that was South Park. Um, and the crazy part is that South Park episode is only just slightly more fucked up than this doc on uh, Jared prison chef because he, so, so, okay. So first of all, he, he did, he did go in for something, uh, pedophilia related i'm still trying to find exactly what it was but here's the thing when you get thrown into prison so i learned in this doc uh for anything related to kid buggering you're not looked upon kindly jared's not exactly like the most badass dude right because that was sort of the first episode where he's seen movies he has seen uh these sort of dramatized prison shows where it's like yeah on the first day you go in and you just find the biggest, toughest guy you can, and you kick the shit out of him, so you establish that you're not someone to be fucked with on the inside. So, like, that's what Jared's thinking. And it's like, yeah, that's great, Jared. 
congratulations that you lost 250 pounds and you're not like morbidly obese anymore and they don't have to roll you around in a wheelbarrow but he's still he's even after all that that was the funniest part of all those subway things where he's like look i lost all this weight on subway so dude you're still tubby and kind of overweight and uh not particularly fit so like his plan of beating up the the biggest guy goes awry very quickly where he got he does he finds him and he goes up to him and like he he tries to hit him and he doesn't it's 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 a huge guy the guy was like six eight and he just sort of like punches him in the shoulder and everyone's confused like they're they're it was such a feeble punch they can't even figure out if it was an attack or if he just he, he just like had a like an arm spasm and then he does it again and they're like oh, okay fight 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 and it, it's sort of that typical scene you've seen in prison movies everyone's on the around them they're, they're circling them they're saying kick his ass bruiser like i don't know why they call him bruiser that's like the most unoriginal prison nickname personally i would have gone with uh so the sort of reverse irony like sometimes when there's really big guys you could you could call them tiny yeah. i would have gone with one of the seven dwarf names i, I would have called him either happy or doc mm-hmm. um I, I think it would be f- funny to call like this this giant uh six eight uh tatted up dude doc or or uh no you know happy would be better happy happy um because because you know what he he because he he both he's huge and he also just looks perpetually pissed off just scowl on his face so and that's so this huge you know what fuck it i'm gonna rename him stupid prison inmates no creativity his name's happy mm-hmm. so <laughs> there's this there's this uh you know they're, they're it's during uh it's during lunch so they're in the mess hall Jared has has gotten himself mixed up watching you know from old prison movies where he thinks he has to beat up the t- biggest toughest guy. He goes up to to Happy and like punches him twice in the shoulder. And now the prisoners are like, "Oh, this is great! Like this is this is afternoon entertainment for us. We're gonna see this uh, t- tubby pedophile get shredded and get like every bone in his body broken. Awesome! So they're they're just surrounding like cheering along." Like kill him, happy. <laughs> like break his dick off, and then everyone's like, "Okay, Whoa. that's that's all exactly." Even the prisoners, like guys, come on, that's a little bit graphic. Like, you know, yes, we we're murderers and uh, arsonists, and and oh, there's a couple rapists, but we don't need to sink to such a low common denominator. Are we still not humans? I was like, wow, that was a weird aside in the middle of this fight scene. So, anyhow, happy has gotten up. He's just trying to figure out what he's going to do. He's towering over Jared. Everyone's egging him on. And then at that point, uh, the, the, the prison chef steps in and he's like, he's like, boys, I've got a better punishment for this guy. And he's, he's really respected. He holds a lot of weight and power in the prison more than any of the guards, more than any of that, because one, uh, he can give out little rations and things, things like that. And two, he knows the special secret to the Rice Krispie Squares recipe. <laughs> um, and every so often, he 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 slips the, uh, some special ingredients in there for them. Ah. It makes him kind of nice and loose and happy. And that's how happy he got his nickname because he used to be. You know, he is this big scallery guy, but every so often, he he. I don't even know how you chemically can bake ecstasy into Rice Krispie Squares. This fucking mad scientist... He's like this, he's like the Walter White of prison chefs. Ooh. Like, he's a chemist. He can he can figure... He figured out how to mix ecstasy into Rice Krispie Squares. And Happy ate, like, 10 of them before he knew it was in there. Oh, shit. And he got, re- like, really, literally happy. He was this giant 
six foot eight guy, just like, I love you guys. Except he was deep. He's like, I love you guys. Oh, you the, you the best. I'm sorry I busted your orbital bone. Like, he's just apologizing to everyone. He's hugging them. And they're like, fucking, um, what, what was the nickname I said he had at first? Uh, I can't remember what it was. Oh, bu- uh, Bruiser. They're like, <laughs> fucking Bruiser's so happy. Oh, Bruiser, he, look at him. He's so so that's, how, that's how the nickname changed. It's weird. It's funny how it works like that. But so, so this, this guy holds a lot of influence in the prison. So despite the, the mob getting a little bit worked up and wanting to see Jared get obliter- uh, obliterated, they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to respect the prison chef uh, who, who, who they just call Maestro. Maestro, ooh, I like it. Yeah, it, it's good because it's, it's a sign of respect. He's he's the one sort of orchestrating things because he actually has figured out how to control the inner workings of the prison via food. Mm, makes sense. Seriously, if you were in prison, man, and this one guy could could give you shitty food, he could give you good food, he could slip a little extra something in to to make the day pass quicker. Yeah, you you would you would you would uh, extend a lot of extra respect to him. So Maestro pulls jared in and he's like all right you are going to be my apprentice in here Ooh, and you're gonna teach me the secrets that i learned from subway and jared's like secrets from subway you know they're just shitty sandwiches right (laughs) he's like all right jared you're holding out on me but i'll break you soon enough and that's that's kind of the kind of the story of this sort of this evolving uh relationship between this guy and, and Jared and the, the craziest part at the end. Can I? Can I? Okay, excuse me, guys. If you haven't seen it yet, just tune out because this is a huge spoiler. <laughs> is you find you kind of find out at the end that Maestro has been experimenting on Jared the whole time. Ooh, with like foods, like making him eat weird shit. Yeah, well, because I told you he 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 knew how to bake ecstasy into Rice Krispie squares. Somehow, I mean, you know, there, illicit drugs get into prisons all the time. And Maestro's got his finger. He's actually the one, um, he's the one sort of conducting all the ins and outs because you know that there's that old, uh, kind of joke about, Oh, you're going to, we're going to sneak a, a file into the prison through a cake. He took that and he's responsible for placing all the orders for food. So he, he actually has all the drugs coming in, like hidden in the food orders. Mm. Like they get like a loaf of wonder bread and, and, you know, and when you actually open up in between, the loaves of, of uh, the the bright white bread is a little baggy of uh, white stuff as well, mm. just like that. So what his goal is, is he wants to cure Jared of pedophilia <laughs> via illicit drug experimentation. Oh, shit. And so that and that those are some of the funniest scenes in, in the entire show. Uh, because he he's ex- experimenting heavily with psychedelics. Very easy to you know. Have you? I'm sure you've eaten some uh, some meals that have like mushrooms in them, right? What, yeah. What, what was the last good meal you had with mushrooms? Uh, probably pizza. It, so it was it was what just a, a cheese pizza with mushroom toppings? I think it was like all veggies. It was like tomato, artichokes, spinach, and then they happened to have mushrooms. Like it was no meat. That's fucking crazy. That's exactly what he fed. <laughs> Jared, except they weren't regular mushrooms, Mondo. They were magic mushrooms. They were magic double-dose psilocybin mushrooms. Holy shit. From the deepest corners of South America. I don't know how he got that hookup. Um, hopefully, we find out more about Maestro, because he is sort of the most enigmatic character. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? What's going on? So hopefully, I mean, 
we get more of his backstory because that's the craziest part. They never tell you his real name. Like this is a doc. Like there's some of the prisoners you can actually look up and like, okay, this is what this guy did, whatever. Like it is public record. Nobody knows who the fuck Maestro is. I, I mean, and if you go into like Reddit and a lot of these, these communities, like there's people doing detective work because you can see his face and no one's been able to turn him up anywhere. So that's like the sort of the biggest mystery of the show. Who the fuck is this guy? And, uh, but yeah, just the scene where, where Jared is just, tripping and seeing all kinds of crazy stuff and he's he's making the rounds through the through the prison dropping off um the afternoon snacks and i believe i'm trying to remember what it was because the rice crispy stairs were their favorite but he was just dropping off these little like personal homemade pies Mm. um which which they liked and they they, uh, they had ketamine in them Ketamine. Yeah, because they're they're afternoon, and the the, the prisoners save them for night, where they want to they want to just re- relax and fall asleep. And apparently, the ketamine helps them. I don't know. I've only taken ketamine once. I didn't like it. But uh, Jared is also high as fuck, and there is there is one, one prisoner who just kept asking for more, and he just kept giving more and more pies. And uh, the the guy fell into what you just called a K hole. A K hole. <laughs> That's a real term. If you take too much ketamine, your your brain just can't really handle it, and you fall into what is called a K hole. I will explain via Wikipedia what a K hole is. If you've ever, um, oh no, this is from sorry, this is from Very Well Mind. Uh, falling into a K hole is slang for how it feels when you take a high enough dose of ketamine that your awareness of the world around you and your control over your own body becomes so profoundly impaired that you're temporarily unable to interact with others or the world around you. Uh, ketamine is a disassociative drug. It is used for uh, an anesthetic and more recently in the treatment of certain depressive disorders, which is why the prisoners like it. I mean, dude, if you were in prison with, uh, with Jared and Happy and Maestro, you'd be fucking depressed too. And it's actually helps. It's, that, that's the beauty of Maestro. He's, he's actually tr- trying to cure a lot of these these prisoners' mental disorders through uh, experimental drugs. And that's why he's giving them ketamine. He's actually a good guy, I think. <laughs> or he's an evil mastermind. We don't know. Hopefully, this gets greenlit for season two. Uh, but now, all you guys know more about ketamine. You're welcome. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I, I, I recommend it. It was surprisingly good. And uh, like I said, you gotta, we got to delve deeper into the origins of Maestro, hopefully in season two. Yay. Jared from Subway. Doesn't yeah. Chef. <laughs> we don't know if he ever becomes the main chef. Like maybe, because this was, this was filmed three years ago. Oh, shit. So by this point, he might he might be the, the master chef now. Oh, crazy. Because he was the apprentice. And he might be, I mean, he might be, quote unquote, cured of pedophilia. <laughs> did you ever hear, do you ever hear that Louis C.K. joke? No. He did, okay, this was on an SNL opening monologue where he's, he's sort of built up to this. He didn't open with this, but he was talking about, about pedophilia, and he goes, uh, it's the craziest thing ever to be a pedophile, right? Because the consequences are so severe. Like, think about it. Like, that's like the worst thing you can be. Is to be a pedophile. And Jared in prison is like, yes, I, I, I'm aware of this. He's, I mean, it ruins your whole life. You're on lists, everything for the rest of your life. Pedophile. So y- you have to surmise that it feels really good 
For them, for that, and it's like he's saying this on SNL. Like that was the premise of his joke. That for pedophiles, the the sensation of being a pedophile is so great that it overrides all the negative consequences. And I just remember the funniest part of the whole thing is, I mean, the audience was understandably uncomfortable <laughs> with, with this premise. And I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but there was just a huge groan from the whole audience. Like, oh, and he's like, I know, think how I feel. This is probably my last time on TV ever, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because this, <laughs> this is a little bit before all of Lu- Louis' uh, actual fuckery came out, which, to be fair, not nearly as bad as being a pedophile. And uh, I don't think that Maestro would necessarily need to help him. But I think if, if Louis C.K. could be exposed to some of Maestro's cooking, it might do him good. <laughs> uh, the real show on Netflix that uh, Aaron and I both watched, Sweet Tooth. You, you'd actually recommended it to me. I, I, I remember seeing some kind of, I don't know, trailer for it or something, thinking, oh, that looks kind of cool. And then you watched a couple episodes, and then we're like, you know what? Let's both watch it and talk about it. Uh, what do you think about the series? I enjoyed it, obviously, enough to recommend. Do you think, do you, could you just give like a brief synopsis that without kind of spoiling too much just for someone who hasn't seen it or doesn't know what it's about? So two things ha- happen that coincide. Uh, a virus like spreads and uh, people are uh, dying from this virus. And one of the the noticeable, like, I guess, side effects of it is like you could, they're, they're, they're pinky on their hand starts twitching and then you know when they so just to be clear if i was in the sweet turf universe and someone's like i will give you a billion dollars if you lose <laughs> one body part i was like take both pinkies so yeah. those fuckers can't tell if i'm infected yeah so so that happens you know this virus it basically spreads starts killing people but around the same time of the origins of this virus spreading all children born are born like hybrid between a human and, and an animal so they're like half half and uh, so that's kind of the general premise of it and you know, as a story unfolds, you, they start kind of explaining how they might have been, how they kind of tied together, but they don't really give you the, the full answer at the end of the season. So that's kind of the general gist of it. Um, the story follows um, basically a kid named Gus who's like part, uh, would you say he's deer? He's, he's deer. Yeah, so he's part deer, part boy. And then he, he basically has like uh, two sidekicks that they he, he befriends like a, a larger... African American gentleman and a little girl. Yeah. Well, and j- just to 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 be clear, it, it, the, he, he he has missed most of this. His, uh, his his father, you know, right right at the beginning of this outbreak and everything that has happened, taken him out into the woods. I think it was in Yosemite. It was one of the national parks. And there's like a somehow he knew that there was an old dilapidated cabin, and he he raises Gus until I can't remember was he ten or eleven or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. In that in that range. And then at a certain point, Gus leaves this sort of sanctuary to go try to find his mother. And he, he is accompanied by, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he is a six foot six black guy. And if you recall, he was, he was the merchant in Game of Thrones. The um, actor's name is Nonso Anozi. And yeah, so he, in Game of Thrones, he, he plays that, that merchant, the big black rich merchant that actually has a vault with nothing in it so it's the same actor as, as that guy in game of thrones and yeah and and there's there's sort of multiple stories going on that tie together but it's the the sort of main storyline is gus trying to on a sort of little little travel quest yeah to try to find his mom and then the other side are kind of people dealing with the the 
results of this virus outbreak. I think that's a pretty good synopsis. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you're, you're right. There's like, there's like two or three, I guess, stories that kind of interweave with each other. And yeah, you know, the, the, so there's one thing is that all these hybrid kids are kind of being hunted, I guess, or, or, or collected, or what would you say? Like they're being used. I think that's, that's a fair way to put it. I mean, they're, they're being hunted because you, you do learn that pretty early on. You're like, Oh, that's why Gus's father was trying to keep him hidden in the woods. Cause he was aware of that. Yeah. It's uh, so it's very sci-fi, very, um, I, what, what would you say that the, the target audience like age range would be like, cause it's, it's got like some like as little children elements, but it's also got some, a little bit of profanity, like light profanity. Yeah. So, so I was confused cause early on it does feel like, like for a much younger audience, you know, kind of like in almost like that tween age group, Yeah. you know, not, not quite a teenager, not, not quite a kid anymore because it is sort of very Disney feeling where it's like, Oh, like, everything's going to work out and hey, it's a deer boy and look, oh, it's the woods. Everything's kind of magical. And then there's some very abrupt tunnel shifts from like, oh, there's just people just got brutally murdered. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh, you, I mean, you see some people suffering the effects of the virus and just sort of dying grisly deaths. You're like, oh, fuck. So it, it kind of goes back and forth between these tones of of the, the main character who is nicknamed Sweet Tooth because he likes, he likes uh, drinking syrup and he loves eating candy and it's like yay it's happy and oh this is a dark post-apocalyptic world where there's you know militias rounding people up and and people are being burned alive because they have the virus and shit like that so it, it shifts between those two it really didn't bother me that that much tonally so i i think this really is a, a story for a lot of different age groups i mean if you had a, a younger kid who was impressionable i might not show it to him because of, the, the stuff that I, I mentioned, and uh, if <laughs> if you you have maybe like an older friend who wants everything to be super gritty and realistic, this probably isn't for them either. But I think it's anybody who isn't bothered either by the sort of childlike Disney elements or the the darker gr- uh, gritty parts can enjoy it. Well put, well put. I really, I so saw. Apparently, it's also produced by Robert Downey Jr. and his wife. I think RDJ. Yeah, good job, RDJ. I don't, you know, I didn't know he was into producing, but hell, you got the money to do it. And this this franchise, I, I, so I guess this is a based off of a, I think a DC comic book or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, so I didn't I didn't know that about that until after finishing watching the entire thing. But yeah, season one ended up pretty well. Can't wait for uh, like they they leave with a pretty good cliffhanger, so you're kind of like, oh shit. How do we? What did you say when you texted me something about? Like, oh, I was. I just said uh, something like "Sweet Tooth" to Netflix. Go ahead and cancel. Or what did I say? Yeah, it was like "Go ahead and cancel us" or "Don't renew us for season two. We fucking dare you." <laughs> have you Have you heard any reviews of it? Good, bad, or otherwise? I haven't read or seen any. I, you know, I, I saw that it was pretty well reviewed. Just just by the array of people on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't always look at the the ratings necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just read like read the little blurbs from reviewers that I know. But it got pretty good reviews and I mean I, I liked it. I would give it a let's see if I was if I was ranking it out of ten, I'd give it maybe like a, a seven, but it, it it hit some good notes for me where I really enjoyed it. Like there's some things that I would objectively rate a seven out of ten. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't that fun though. Like I don't really recommend this to other people. But I would rate, rate it a 7 out of 10, and I enjoyed it. 
The uh, rating on IMDb is 8.2 out of 10 with 13,000 uh, ratings, raters. How, how, what would you rank it? Yeah, I think I think between a seven and eight, somewhere thereabouts, like a seven, seven and a half would be would be fair. I enjoyed it. The pacing is pretty damn good. The character, the character Gus Sweet Tooth gets himself into a lot of because he's very innocent, very inexperienced. Again, his his father kind of took him out somewhere in remote, so he's very, would you say, like naive. And so the kid gets himself into some deep trouble, like, un, like just being a clumsy, dorky little kid. Um, and he's like constantly having to be bailed out by his companions yeah oh, and, and i and i do think out of all the characters i forget the actor's name but but the six foot six black guy had had a, a really nice character arc yeah uh tommy jeppard yeah that, that is the the character's name in the show jep yep. um because and and it's it's a normal one right like it's one we've seen a lot where he starts out very cynical and you do get a lot of hints like oh there's some fucked up stuff that happened in his past and you don't really know what yeah and that is i actually wish they'd gotten more into that sooner because that would have made that arc a little bit more satisfying if you knew a little earlier in the story what exactly had happened to him yeah i think that that actor does a good job portraying him slowly getting kind of softened up and by this this little kid and going from you know that like i'm just out for myself i got to survive to you know what fuck it like this is something i want to do because i think it's the right thing that again that's a a very tried and true arc you've seen it a million times but the dynamic between these two actors the situation around it and the way that this, this actor plays jep makes it really enjoyable to see you know you know what i really liked is that the i guess the plot sort of revolves around the kid getting to uh, colorado to red rocks colorado yeah i was like oh dude that's that's here <laughs> i was like that's awesome that's here our hometown <laughs> he had a, he is a photo of his mom in red rocks when she's watching a concert mom's yeah. like i've been to red rocks i yeah. saw it i went there I took, awesome. I took a selfie i did i took many selfies mondo it could have been you that he was trying to find if if what yeah, it's weird. They don't have, they don't seem to have digital photos in that world. But right, he's remember he's looking at like basically an old school selfie of his mom at Red Rocks. Like Ooh. you have a selfie from right there. What, what if, what if it was reversed? What if his mom had raised him? You know, we could just recast the movie. It could have been his mom had raised him in the woods, and then he had his photo of his dad. And how, how, how bad would that have tripped you out if like and you're watching the show, and he's like finds a photo. He's like, this is a photo of my dad, and it was just the selfie that you took. Damn. That's deep. What you don't know is that if you look at the the photo where his mom's in, I'm actually in the background <laughs> of that photo T- taking a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was you know what it was very well reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes. So they gave it a 98 percent fresh. Wow, which it can always be a little bit deceiving. That just means that 98 percent of the people thought it was thought it was fresh so it doesn't mean like everyone's like yeah this is the best thing ever it just means kind of across the boards all the critics thought it was it was good enough to give it a fresh rating but yeah people seem to like it and the one part that i i didn't like and i don't think it's a negative to the story like obviously this is based on a comic it was written well before the pandemic but i was just like god damn it fucking another virus outbreak thing oh my god (laughs) can we we just have a few non-virus related uh, storylines, please. It's a sign of the times, dude. That's why they did that. They're like, yeah, everybody hasn't had enough virus-related things in their life. We're just going <laughs> to... 
which is just in case people haven't had enough of that that hasn't been on their mind frequently we'll just we'll just throw this uh this story in there just to, just to remind people oh yeah these huge pandemics could happen and I, you know what mondo i will say i would have enjoyed the entire covid pandemic a lot more if there were all of a sudden uh human animal hybrids coming into the world <laughs> a half bat like a half bat uh, half human babies like hey you guys fucking ate me that's how this shit got started <laughs> someone in- happens to be chinese <laughs> oh good lord oh god so that was it for netflix um i can go more about the no, mrna vaccines man let's not I mean, because there's like a lot of cool technical science stuff that you probably want to hear about, right, Mondo? Uh, maybe next, next episode. Time. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna take notes. I'll have that already. Okay. One last thing I wanted to bring up before we wrap this episode up really quickly is congratulations to Brandon Moreno. We saw the fights here last night. Um, you know, the first fight was great. Baby Second, face assassin. Yeah, first first Mexican born uh, champion in the UFC, and uh, I like the kid. We both said that his his wife is fucking hot. Yeah, like, that's what I was going to congratulate on. Like, <laughs> Brandon Moreno. I mean, the the UFC title that's great, but like you look like you're 12, and your wife looks like she is a weather girl on Mexican television, <laughs> and you've got two kids, so we know you've had sex with her at least twice. <laughs> so like, that's the real congratulations, Brandon. Like, good job, buddy. The 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 UFC belt becoming a champion. The the uh, financial windfall and everything like that's all backseat to to having a super hot wife good for you buddy don't fuck that up i've got nothing else for this episode do you have anything else to add mr jaffe yeah i was gonna say something stupid but you know what i'm gonna save that for next episode and once i get through my really lengthy explanation of mrna vaccines then i'll say the thing that's stupid just to really put a point of emphasis on that so you guys you have that to look forward to next time. So I'm going to leave it on a fucking cliffhanger because we want to always draw viewers back and keep them coming back. They're like, what is, what is, what is an mRNA vaccine? What's he going to say? So, so you have that to look forward to next time. Thanks for listening to us, you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, send us feedback at our you know, social media stuff and tell us how bad we suck because we like feedback. What are you talking about? How bad we suck? Yeah. This is the best podcast that's recorded in this particular apartment complex in Lakewood. <laughs> talk, talk to you guys we're next le- week. Okay, we're at least top three. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Hope you had fun. Hope we had a good weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.